Welcome to EnviroCenter's Green Room, Ottawa's climate action podcast, where we dive into local climate solutions and chat with the people making them happen. Hi, everyone. I'm Mimi, and welcome back to the Green Room. We're really excited to bring you the first of a series of episodes we've been working on, diving into sustainable transportation issues and solutions here in Ottawa. Because as we heard from Sharon in our episode about climate targets, transportation accounts for about 45% of Ottawa's greenhouse gas emissions. So over the next few episodes, we'll be looking at how accessible and equitable transit, cycling and active transportation, and electric vehicles can all play their parts in taking our transportation emissions to zero. So in this first transportation episode, I'm really excited to be chatting with transit and accessibility advocates Sally Thomas and Laura Schantz about public transit and mobility justice and how we can address inequalities in our transportation system to make it easier and safer for everyone to get where they need to go. Hello, Laura and Sally. Welcome to the Green Room. Thank you so much for coming. To start us off, I would love to have you introduce yourselves to our listeners and tell us a little bit about yourselves. Okay, I'm Sally. Uh, I've lived in Ottawa for coming up 33 years. Um, I'm just now starting to be interested in the environment a little bit as I age and trying to find ways to make environmental issues more inclusive for people with disabilities. And my name is Laura Schantz. I am, I guess I'm someone who's interested in active transit and public transit. And I've been interested for a long time in the environment. I grew up rural. And for me, it was just, you know, backyard wasn't a little green square in the city. So I kind of come at it from that angle. Could you tell me a little bit about the work that you do with Ottawa Transit Riders and the Healthy Transportation Coalition? With Ottawa Transit Riders, uh, what we do often is we advocate for a better public transit system for everyone because we know that no matter who you are, you benefit from the fact that public transit exists, even if you don't take it. Because what we're doing with public transit is we're finding better ways to get around, we're finding equitable ways of getting around, and we're getting more cars off the road. Um, I'm also really passionate about mobility justice, so I want to see good active transit as well as public transit. Uh, I'm, of course, uh, more uh, interested in the accessibility piece of everything. (laughs) So um, maybe five years ago now, we started a group, uh, an offshoot group called Paraparity. So uh, there's about five of us that uh, advocate for equitable transit within the OC transport system. And we've been working on uh, making it more equitable for everyone, but particular, particularly people with disabilities. Um, as somebody who uses a wheelchair full time, uh, the bus system is only as good as the, the uh, pedestrian infrastructure. So right now I find myself using paratransport more than I would like, uh, simply because the pedestrian infrastructure is breaking down and hasn't been addressed. The connections between kind of public transit and um, 
pedestrian infrastructure or active transportation infrastructure um, are they're like super closely interconnected and um, and obviously creating a system that works for everyone is the best way for it to be um, sort of just equitable accessible so I suppose my next question for you is um, what are some of the biggest mobility justice challenges and sort of just general public transportation challenges um, that you see here in Ottawa? For me, the biggest mobility justice issue I have is that uh, the politicians don't see the value in, in, in equitable transit. It seems there's a lot of there's quite a number of politicians. I'm grateful that we're having an election soon uh, because there are a lot of politicians currently in power who are anti, I wouldn't say anti-transit, but they just, it's irrelevant to them. And uh, as representing a number of constituents, everything has to be relevant to you. You have to think about everything because you're not just representing yourself. I agree. It's very important that we have people in charge who actually want to see positive change and who actually care about, you know, what the day-to-day -day experience of transit is for people, what the day-to-day -day experience of getting around the city is. For me, one of the big challenges is that we've really seen, unfortunately, a loss of confidence in public transit. We've seen a lot of people who just say, oh, well, the train derailed a couple times, or, you know, we've seen all these problems. I just don't feel like it's something I should take. I don't feel like it's something that's safe, or I don't feel it's convenient, or it doesn't work for me. And, you know, to me, this big challenge is how do we get people to see the value again? How do we get people to say that, yes, this is worth investing in? Yes, it's worth taking the time and effort to get a system that actually works for everybody. Um, because unfortunately, uh, I mean, it's really exciting for a lot of people. It's really lovely that we're able to work. A lot of us are able to work from home. Um, and I mean, frankly, from a climate perspective, it's it's great if we can, you know, get some cars off the road because people aren't commuting downtown. Uh, but at the same time, we can't just throw public transit out with that. We need to have a system that works for folks. And we need to be willing to have the tough conversations about how we build that confidence and how we get people excuse me, engaged and excited to be using public transit again. If I could just add to that, uh, public transit is for everything. Um, it's not just for people going to and from work. Um, people use, people like me use transit for literally everything. I cannot leave my house. I can't go very far at least without transit. And I go, all over the place for all sorts of reasons. I think that's one thing a lot of people overlook is that public transit really, it opens doors. It's, um, we don't like to use the words essential service because of course there's, you know, implications for collective agreements and for the way, you know, for different essential legislation, but it really is an essential service. Let's be honest. It is, it's delivering mobility. It's delivering freedom. It's delivering dignity and getting around. And those are things that are really, really just essential to the lifeblood of our city. My city is better knowing that my friend Sally can go where she needs to go when she wants to go. 
And that makes the city better for me too, because I want to see equity for everybody. And it would be really, it would be really great if we could move, move the goalposts so that we were all thinking that way. Reliable and safe transportation systems are a really big part of climate solutions, but as we've kind of been talking about, and they're also one of the most important ways to ensure we have an equitable, equitable um, accessible city and kind of address other social inequalities in our city. Um, so what sort of connections do you see between making our transit and transportation systems more accessible more accessible and equitable while also making them less polluting? I'll, I'll start with uh, my previous comment about um, pedestrian infrastructure. The pedestrian infrastructure were better. There are some small trips that I could do without the bus or a car and I could just walk. Yeah. Just for those who don't know, I use a wheelchair full time, but the term walk is an appropriate term. So I, I, I use that term. Um, I, I can get small, short distances without getting in a vehicle at all. And that would be helpful to the environment. You know, like just thinking about the ways that we can make the system more inviting, that make it easier to leave a car at home. So maybe that's, um, you know, in terms of our transit system, also thinking about how to make those connections easier, how to make them more seamless. Um, you know, I was I was meeting with someone yesterday and we stopped at the mall for lunch. And then I had to, uh, my transfer had just expired before we got back from the train. So, you know, for me, maybe that's, you know, we think about, you know, if we extend the transfer window a little longer, does that make the train more inviting or the bus, for example? Or are there other things we can do in the system in order to, like we were talking about equity too, thinking about the fare piece, because you know there's a big debate right now about whether free transit is worth it, whether we should be, you know, whether we should be having people pay cash on at the fare box or through their Presto card, or whether we should, you know, figure out other ways of funding this whole transit piece. And you know, it's a conversation that I, I strongly believe we have to have as a city because we do have equity fares right now. We do have some lower cost fare passes. You know, the adult regular is, it just went up. I think it's about $125 now, it was 122 before. But the, disc, the, the lower cost pass is $42, which is a significant amount cheaper. But at the same time, for a lot of people, that's still a big chunk of change. So are there ways we could make that more accessible, more inviting um, to make it open it up to more people? We've seen the start of, um, you know, some thought with that in terms of offering free transit passes to people staying in the city, in the emergency shelters and to people who are coming to Canada as and to our city as refugees. And those are great places to start in terms of equity, but that whole piece of just making sure that everybody can afford to get around with dignity. That is a really, really important piece. Uh, and to me, it's something that everybody could be proud of. It's something that, you know, I take pride in knowing that we have a system that's available for everyone. Um, in terms of getting the cars off the road or the greening of the system, it's also, you know, we've seen a lot of excitement with the idea of electric buses coming. I know councillors have been asking if we can get the schedule of where those buses will be 
a few days in advance so they can invite their community members to come out and give them a try, hop on, take a listen. Because uh, if you've seen them on the street, they are a lot quieter. So that's something that could be kind of fun too, this idea that, you know, using those green innovations to kind of draw people in to give transit another try if maybe they're you know, their previous experiences weren't great or they're used to, you know, maybe they maybe they live in the suburbs and they stopped taking transit during the pandemic and they were used to clunking up the 174 and or hitting every pothole along Montreal Road on their trip home from downtown. And maybe, you know, riding on a quiet, smooth electric bus on a smooth street might be might be kind of enticing, might be kind of exciting. Those user experience pieces are important. Uh, and just if, if we could talk about the LRT a little bit, like I like the LRT a lot, um, but primarily because I haven't been stuck on it. I've been lucky. Um, but the few times that it's been stuck, uh, their 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 um, evacuation processes are non-existent, pretty much. And certainly unrealistic at best. So uh, every time I ride the LRT, even though I have yet to have a bad experience, it does make me nervous. What if this is the time that I'm going to be on the train and something bad's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, it's super important to to feel safe and to feel that we, well, not even just to feel, but to actually know that there's... <laughs> A plan in place if something um, if some, something goes wrong. So it's definitely um, like you both mentioned this idea of like rebuilding trust in safe, reliable transit and making the system more inviting. I think that feeling safe is a really key part of that. Um, Absolutely, I think like the safety piece. You know, as Sally was mentioning we really need to have a lot of transparency about that safety piece because i think that's that's one of the key pieces to getting people back on transit to have, give people the confidence that if something does go wrong that they're taking care of that they're protective that someone has thought of this before and knows what to do uh that's really important uh, you know we addressed we've addressed safety in a number of ways uh you know because there there are all those aspects of like what happens if the train breaks down but we also need to think too about those environments when you get off the bus. Do you feel do you feel good to walk home from the bus stop? Does that feel like a nice, safe thing? And that's also about you know the experience in our neighborhoods. Have we made them places that are enjoyable to be outdoors in? You know, does it feel good to walk home at night from from your nearest bus stop, or does it feel good to wait at that bus? You know, regardless of the weather, if it's you know 32 degrees in the shade or if it's minus 25 and windy, and you know, making the environment one that's inviting, one that is, um, you know, that is kind of um, that gives us some kind of buffer for our extreme climate, uh, because now we're seeing you know more and more of these extreme heat and extreme cold and everything in between, extreme rain and windstorms. We need to also make sure that our network is one where you know, what would have happened during that storm if you were, you know, on OC transport waiting for a bus, would you have been sheltered or would you have been, you know, standing there in a hundred kilometer an hour winds? It's, uh, it's something people think about and trying to make those pieces more inviting is important too, to get people back, uh, back thinking transit again. I would love to hear from you both about 
some of the things that you think would, some of the solutions you see around what would make the, what would make the transit system and transportation system in general in Ottawa more inviting, um, more accessible, and what are some solutions that would maybe rebuild a bit of trust in the in the transportation system in Ottawa? I feel like it needs an overhaul, to be honest with you, perfectly honest with you. I feel like the system, the, trans the transit system needs an overhaul. It needs new blood. The people that are uh, at the top of the uh, transit commission are not uh, not uh, transit advocates. They're not transit users. So we need people like Laura, who's a transit user, to, to, to be one of the decision makers um, when it comes to transit. The decision makers need to be transit users and transit friendly individuals. And that is the case at the moment. Absolutely. It's, it's really frustrating when when you tune into a transit commission meeting, they're all, if anyone's interested in watching, you can go to YouTube and watch all the old meetings. Uh, they're all streamed on YouTube and they're recorded there and archived there so that anyone can keep an eye on what's happening. Um, and the number of councillors who are on transit commission who are not regular transit riders is uh, has been a point of contention for Ottawa transit riders uh, because really we want to see people taking the bus and we need our civic leaders like people might not know but city councillors uh everyone who we've elected gets a free bus pass every month and we've i i for one would really like to see them use it would really like to see them go out experience the network figure out for themselves what it's like to be you know stuck waiting for a bus what it's like to have your bus not show if that's not a regular experience for them um and i think you know just to have that idea that the, this is a real system that real people use and our counselors should be should be out there taking transit should be trying it and and showing some leadership in that way in terms of uh, you know that kind of accountability and leadership i think we've we're off to a great start in terms of having citizen transit commissioners but one of the long-term demands also from ottawa transit riders is we really want to see one of those seats around the transit commission table reserved for paratransit users at least one because what we've seen and sally can tell you more than i can is that for a long time paratransit gets completely overlooked by transit commission and so we have no way of getting you know getting people engaged um, there's lots of people who could benefit from paratransit who probably aren't registered who don't know how to get registered and we need to do a lot more engagement around the paratransit piece too and the few times where a transit commissioner uh, tries to engage in the conversation, they're shut down. I found that in. I had gone to maybe a dozen meetings in a row before the pandemic. We went to all of them. Between Kyle and I, we were there at every one for at least a year. Um, and I, I found that when, when the commissioners wanted to engage in that conversation, 
it was kind of blown over, like passed over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one sentence, and then they moved on to something else. I found that frustrating that they they they're there, they're invited to the table, but they're not really invited to speak. Yeah, there's there, there's a difference between being invited to the table and being listened to and actually being having you know your concerns met with like authentic um commitments from the other side so that was the frustrating part about going to all those meetings you know you say the same things over and over and over and they say things like that's a good point yeah we never thought of that or you know they they make their comments but then nothing gets done Absolutely. Like that follow-up piece is so important. And, you know, just to circle back to what Sally was saying earlier in terms of, you know, the fact that a lot of things aren't working right now and riders often don't feel heard. I mean, I've gone to transit commission and I went, I went one month and just literally read riders mean tweets at the, you know, at the transit commission members, because I'm just sitting there going, you know, nobody's listening to this. We're all kind of shouting into the void. So why not have it on public record at least? And it was very interesting because all the commissioners said, yes, this is exactly what we're hearing. And okay, if that is exactly what you're hearing, great. But then why is it so groundbreaking that I've come to tell you? Why is this not something we're addressing, something we're working on? And resources need to be reallocated. Paratransit or yeah. paratransit in general is so far behind paratransfer, I mean, behind OC transfer. And it's about, you know, ending up with a system that we're proud of. You know, how can we be proud of the system that, you know, Sally needs to, for example, if she wants to travel to a certain destination, needs to book and buffer in an extra half hour of time just in case the bus is late or takes a long route. That's, you know, how can we be proud of a system like that? We need a system where we can feel really great about it. You know, my I'm not a big traveler myself. My sister, on the other hand, is. And she's told me about times when she goes and visits friends in different places around the world and they invite her to come ride public transit with them because it's the fastest way to get around. And the systems are, you know, they're clean, they're friendly, they're inviting. And it's it's a fun part of the visit to be, you know, hopping on and off the subway or hopping on and yeah. off buses and streetcars. And it's part of the fun, whereas here everyone kind of, it's embarrassing, but everyone kind of groans and rolls their eyes if they have to take OC Transpo. I just want to kind of address why I moved to Ottawa. Because <laughs> I moved here from outside of Belleville, Ontario. I moved here primarily for better opportunities, including transit, because when I lived in Belleville, I had to drive, I had to drive everywhere and I didn't have a car or a license. And I moved here primarily because it's a space I felt like I could get around easily by myself. And the longer I've lived here, sadly, it seems to be trending in the wrong direction. Or it's going a little bit in the right direction and then a lot in the wrong direction before it turns back into the right direction. It's, I mean, the, yeah, it's not it's not a great sign when when things feel like they're going back and forth more than they're going forward. Yeah. 
a lot of these these issues are really interlinked. Um, you know, fun fact for your listeners also is the fact that lower income folk, uh, you know, because a lot of time we're talking about transit and there's this idea that transit's for poor people. And I mean, it sounds kind of gross to say it that way, but frankly, that's a preconception a lot of people hold. Um, but to remember that, you know, low income folks who take transit actually have some of the lowest carbon footprints of anyone in our city. And frankly, transit is part of the reason for that. And it's something we need to, to valorize. On the question of transit more generally, one thing that always kind of sticks in my mind is, you know, we need to just not be okay to settle for good enough. We need to actually be pushing for better, for something we can be proud of. And there's no reason for us just to say, well, it kind, you know, things kind of sort of work the way they are. So we may as well just kind of sort of keep going the way we are. There's no reason that we can't push for better. There's no reason we can't dream bigger when it comes for tra to transit. There's no reason we can't say we deserve a system that works for us, that does what we need it to, and that is truly excellent. There's no reason we can't say that, yet somehow we just resign ourselves to saying, well, OC Transpo, you know how it is. And folks are okay just leaving it at that. But in my mind, just no, we can't settle. Like we can push for better. I have a tattoo that says dare to dream. That should sum it up. Absolutely. Dare to dream. I love it. And I think that sort of brings me to my my favorite question of the podcast. It's kind of our like our classic question that we ask all of our guests which is what is the good future here in Ottawa when it comes to climate change, when it comes to specifically, in this case, mobility justice and sustainable transportation? What is the good future? Or what's your vision of a just, equitable, climate-friendly Ottawa when it comes to transportation? So I've been involved also in the... Yeah discussion regarding the neighborhoods from the beginning for well almost since the beginning at least uh, more than a year and if what they what we have discussed over this past year comes to fruition and I, I am they they're talking about building better infrastructure and neighborhoods that include everything that you, you that you need so that you don't have to get in the car to get what you need uh, that that is that is my hope that this all works but my fear is that they that i've spent all that time giving my feedback on how to make this an accessible endeavor and an equitable endeavor and it won't have been listened to or acted upon. Hopefully somebody proves me wrong. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind being wrong in these instances. I, I would love to be wrong. Yeah, I think like I really, I really admire that idea for a future, you know, where we can all get around easily and that basically, you know, our city becomes a place that's barrier free that, you know, none of the things that are currently barriers like anything from you know physical you know physical accessibility or mobility challenges aren't a barrier income isn't a barrier 
you know, discrimination and harassment, which unfortunately are sometimes the realities of transit too, aren't a barrier. Um, it would be really beautiful that we just had a city where everybody can get where they need to go and they can do it quickly, efficiently, and in a way that they can feel good about. And that would be, that would be a huge success in my mind that we could just get rid of those barriers and make this a place for everyone where the people of Ottawa really get, you know, the system that, that frankly, we all deserve uh, and that we have to be willing to fight for. For anyone in Ottawa who is looking to get involved in um, equitable, sustainable transportation um, in the city and they, they wanna get involved in advocacy or, or projects ongoing around that, that topic, do you have any, do either of you have any recommendations for where they could get started, where they could get involved? Um, yeah. Of course, Ottawa Transit Riders or Healthy Transportation Coalition. Um, but uh, I'm sure both organizations, I'm a member of both organizations, and I know for a fact we would welcome new members. Absolutely. There's, there's just so much when we get together and work together for change, uh, we can accomplish so much more. And also there is the added bonus side effect that when you get really frustrated about these things, you're not shouting into the void by yourself, that there's other people around who get it, who understand, who have seen those frustrations and who want to improve it just as badly as you do. And, you know, to me, that's that kind of solidarity is um, is a big reason to be involved. Um, and I guess the other thing too is, you know, keep an eye out around your neighborhood. Keep like, look for accessibility barriers, look for things that could be improved and flag that stuff because, um, you know, we all, frankly, like from an accessibility po point of view, it's, you know, it's not always the most comfortable thing to remember, but if you're able-bodied right now, it's really important to remember that that's a temporary thing. And if you're seeing accessibility barriers around your community, write to your counselor, uh, tweet that at the city, get it out there, get, get it addressed because the more barriers we can remove, the better the city is for everyone. And it doesn't take a lot to file a 311 request for you know, a broken sidewalk that is a tripping hazard or could hurt someone. And these little things make a huge difference in making our city a more accessible, welcoming place. Also, I feel it's important that city officials hear from more than just the uh, the usual suspects. Absolutely. <laughs> I think they get tired of us and tune us out. Yeah, 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 Sally, whatever. I feel that way sometimes. And uh, conversely, uh, sometimes I, like I remember distinctly being invited to, to a, a meeting at City Hall and deciding that that day I didn't have the spoons to sit through a meeting and I was going to art class instead. And Trevor, it was a, I was invited by Healthy Transportation Coalition and Trevor, God, <laughs> it was funny to me that he literally read the text I sent him back, which was basically, I would rather go paint than bang my head against the wall talking to these people today 
or something to that effect. But I kind of put it in that blunt terms and he literally read it word for word in front of them. Because I think somebody asked him, one of the counselors asked him where's Sally. Yeah, having fresh faces are just in making sure counselors know that it's not, this is something that everyone in the community cares about is important. So, and not having one or two people having the weight of, of this advocacy on their shoulders. You, you should be able to go to art class and relax sometimes um, and not have to be the only voice speaking on these, on these issues or, you know, it's nice. Yeah, it's always good to have fresh faces, fresh voices um, participating in advocacy work. So to any listeners who are listening right now, wondering how they can get involved, Ottawa Transit Riders and the Healthy Transportation Coalition are great places to start. Thank you, Laura and Sally, so much for coming on the podcast. Um, it's been so wonderful chatting Thank with you Thank you for today. having us. Thank you for having us. That's it for this week's Green Room. Thank you so much for joining us as we get to the heart of climate action. You can find out more about our work and sign up for our newsletter at envirocenter.ca. Follow us on your favorite podcast app or subscribe on YouTube. 